Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kola for Blessing. I'm a I'm an undergraduate student of philosophy at the prestigious University of Lagos. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. I really like inspiring other graduates because I believe that to be undergraduate, we have a whole lot of potentials with us. And if somebody try as much as possible to help you uncover it, you know, discover where like, your passion life. So apart from that, um, career-wise, I'm a social media manager and copywriter. So basically, that's all for me. All right, that's interesting. Uh, there are a lot of things to unpack there. First, let's talk a little bit about uh, your your background. You were born in Lagos, right? Yes, yes. I was born in Lagos. I'm brought up in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's understand. Which part of Lagos are you? I'm in Ajegunle. Ah, okay. That is a yeah, very famous... We are part of Ajegunle. All right. So tell me, why, why did you do that? So help me understand that part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know... When, when I talk about Ajegunle, the reason why I always tell people that I was born and brought up in this part of Ajegunle that is Rura is because of the fact that I found myself in a locality where inhabitants build their house with plank on a refuse dump. And you can, you can just like get the psychology of how that particular environment is going to be. I was in an environment where literally nobody wants to hear about what you want to do with your life. Like nobody is even going to even try to listen to you, especially if you're talking about education. Like, I have these challenges when I was in, when I was in, um, in primary Yes, I, re- I, I remember very, very well. When I was in primary seas, I discovered that some of the street kids, because myself, I'm a street kid, some of the street kids on the streets were people that their parents couldn't send to school. Like, they couldn't afford to send them to school. So, majorly, they would walk or probably just hang around the neighborhood doing nothing. So I was interested in them because I believe, just like I said, that everybody has a potential. Or somebody help you to uncover it, you might still not be able to say what it is. So I walk up to their parents and I was like, oh, these people are, these kids are those that I believe that they have one. And if you guys can just allow me to take them lessons, like just take them lessons, based on what I was taught in school and my own little experience at that period of time. So I was really, really scared because I believe that the parents might ask the question of what I want to do. You know, if I have enough experience, I want to share with the kids. But um, fortunately enough, I got like five people that were willing to come learn. With the help of my sister, I was able to, you know, do the little I can do for them. And after that period of time, got a charity organization within the same locality that now eventually um, helped these kids, put them in a very good situation based on food scholarship. So Adegule has a really, really uh, terrible environment, yes, but then there are still some persons there that believe that apart from the background, there are a whole lot of things that they can if they see the right process, if they see the right sector, or if they receive the right the right is there anything that maybe uh, separates Ajegule from other part of Lagos that somebody might know? Mm, nothing really special, really. Just like I said, 
weird, but I believe that Ajegunle, like, especially if you tell somebody that you grew up in Ajegunle, they'll just look at you like, wow, that's that's a very terrible place. And before you know anything, they'll just downlook you and all that. So I believe that anybody that has been, that has an experience with Ajegunle can equally stay of the same fact, especially if you're going outside of your comfort zone. So there is really nothing special about it that I think or just differentiate it from other. But there is, something, there is something special because now you care about the people that are living there, you want to make impact. That is something very particularly important. Yes, yes. I, I think it actually depends on the personality of those that are within that particular area because it is not everybody. It is not everybody. Like there was this stereotype that I even deal with. When I started, a whole lot of persons were just looking down on me like, we are going to see what she's going to do next. That was what I was hearing, but I really do not care about those voices that were saying those things to my head. Like, I wasn't, wasn't really into those voices. I was on the impact that I want to make. Uh, God's willing, I was able to. All right. That's great. Now, philosophy. Why did you choose that? Oh, God. I really did not pick philosophy from scratch, right? I picked law, and I entered through law. But I couldn't continue with finances. I secured admission to University of Lagos with law. It was on full scholarship. But after year one, we ran into some crisis at the foundation. So they couldn't continue paying my fees. And then I was not really doing something that would bring a whole lot of money to my table and would help me settle some finances that I'll be running in terms of purchasing resources like materials for courses and all that. So I had to switch to philosophy. And it has been really, really exciting since that time. Like, when I even got back home, I told my mom that I had to switch from a lot to philosophy. She was, she was devastated because she couldn't do anything to help me at that period of time. But I sat at that, and then I tell her, I shared with her some of the experiences. Like, I believe philosophy is related to law because it deals with argumentation, and I really like paying attention to details. So I feel that it is something that I can have. So far, it has been very, very exciting. So when I told her about it, that it's something that I want to pursue, she didn't have any other choice because she believed that anything I said I can pursue, I can definitely pursue. So that was, that was how philosophy came into my life. And it's probably going to remain there for a long time, right? Yes. <laughs> so what do you tend to do with philosophy, picking it as a study? Okay, uh, I've not really thought of that. I've not really thought of that sincerely because... I'm trying to pursue a whole lot of things. I'm trying to figure out a whole lot of things. But when that stuff popped up on my mind about philosophy, I was like, if I should do anything with philosophy, I'd be going into um, um, marketing with philosophy. And that's because I believe that I have this kind of, um, how will I put it now? I would say superhuman power or any something that has to do with extraordinary power. But then, I just believe that anything that deals with marketing, I always want to try my best to get the right solution to people or to channel the right solution to people majorly through communication. So I believe that marketing should be one field that I major in with philosophy. Uh -huh. Now, you are studying philosophy. What is really in philosophy? Why should people study it? Why should people care about philosophy? All right. So when we talk about philosophy, philosophy deals with a whole lot of things. Philosophy is going to give you an exposition into real-life scenario. It's going to give you a kind of exposition into um, real-life experiences because we talk about fundamental questions. 
So the reason why I like um, philosophy is the fact that philosophy can help you query anything. Philosophy is a field of study that you can incorporate into any other field of study. You can incorporate philosophy into marketing. You can incorporate philosophy into law, into medicine, into science. Anything, talk about anything. It gives you a whole general perspective about other fields of study. And that's the reason why I, I like this particular aspect of philosophy called philosophy of infrastructure of discipline. This is the model of all disciplines. It helps us talk about other disciplines. It helps us look fundamentally at other disciplines and then question the authenticity of other disciplines. So if a psychologist is saying that he studies the human mind, a philosopher is going to question the psychologist and then ask him, okay, you said you're dealing with human mind. To what extent have you been able to you know, get this assumption about people? To what extent can you say that human mind is the function of the human person? And this human mind actually something that is foundational to the human mind. That's what philosophy offers to Just fundamental questions and then being able to make inquiries to other people. The infrastructure of disciplines. I, I don't know if that is how you put it. Philosophy I want you to break it down. Of discipline. Yeah, I want you to break that down for us. All right. When we are talking about philosophy of infrastructure of discipline, we are talking about philosophy of X. Where X can be any other field of study. So if I talk about philosophy making inquiry in a particular field of study, we are talking about philosophy trying to gather assumptions and trying to make sure that what a particular field of study is all about is definitely what they are all about. Because when we talk about uh, the fundamental um, element of philosophy or how philosophy started, all the field of study were one. Like somebody can be studying medicine and the person might actually be a philosopher. Somebody can be into law and the person might be a philosopher. But over time, Everybody had to separate because people were now interested in particular subtopics. Like people are interested in particular subject matter. So if, for instance, I mentioned the psychology, right? Psychology is about um, sciences of the mind, of the human mind. So they believe that as a psychologist, you only deal with the human mind. So you can measure in what psychology to study human mind. Then as a person, as a lawyer or somebody that is into law, you understand that people have issues. These issues might be diverse, depending on what exactly is the problem. So you believe that you can meditate or mediate on their behalf and then be able to provide backup to those particular challenges with some facts. Like those facts are now uh, um, um, written stuff, like documented stuff that you can use to back up their arguments and then be able to make sure that justice is being attained to that particular person. So at a particular point in time, uh, various fields of studies try to what, break off philosophy and then major into a particular subject matter because they believe that they found a solution to that particular what, problem. So philosophy, in as much as it is now embodying all these fields, philosophy it is crucial because it's going to still query those assumptions of other fields to make sure that, okay, if this field is doing this, are you doing it to the extent which you're supposed to be doing it? So that is what philosophy of infrastructure of discipline all about. I don't know if I was able to answer that. Question. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You did, you did, you did, you did. Um, what is the basis of this philosophy of infrastructure that you are studying? Is there anything that we can trace to it or we can trace to, or we can trace it to? Mm, actually, it is not as if um, philosophy of X is uh, 
the old principle that is governing philosophy. It's just a particular branch of philosophy itself. That is really not what philosophy is all about. Okay. Now, uh, who is influencing you? Let's say, you know, everyone is learning from someone or somewhere or something, no? Because we are not the origin of knowledge. We are only tapping into it. It's the resources that is out there for us. Sometimes we use people as a pointer. Sometimes we use books. Sometimes, okay, we can have also uh, divine inspiration depending on our, on our level of understanding and belief or whatever it is. So uh, looking at it from this point of view, uh, who is influencing you and your thoughts in, in philosophy? Okay, Omoregi, actually. Like, I really like Omoregi, especially with his book, Introduction to Philosophy. When I, wrote, when I read that book, Introduction to Philosophy, my mind became exposed to a whole lot of things because it did not just simplify what philosophy is all about. It used real-life experiences like to discuss what philosophy is all about, what you can use philosophy to attain, and what you can use philosophy to do in society. So, being somebody that I feel that with philosophy, I can penetrate deep into um, problems and then be able to provide solutions to it. So if there's one person that I'm looking up to in philosophy, it would be Omorigi, Joseph Omorigi. Okay, now let's say you are learning this philosophy uh, because you want to make a contribution in your society. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so from the point of view of philosophy, how do you describe Nigeria? Our country. Okay. Well, this is a fundamental question because looking at the perspective of Nigeria, I have a whole lot of things to talk about. And being a philosopher, you don't have to be partial, right? In as much as you're a philosopher, it means that you have to look beyond the basic matter of what is on ground now and then look to the fundamental problems that we have. Because while talking about philosophy, we are talking about social media. And these social milieus can comprise of different problems and different solutions that can be rendered to them. For instance, now I'm a student, and then we have an issue, and that is the issue of ASU. Like a whole lot of students now are at, 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 at home, and then they do not have something fundamental they are doing with their life. I, won't, I got to discuss with a friend of mine last week while I was still sick, and she was lamenting about the old country talking about how the government are irresponsible but i believe that it is no longer the government's um, duty to be able to dictate what we can do with our life being a student that is um disturbed or yes being disturbed with the arson strike we can decide what else or what step we can take next from that particular perspective right so talking about nigeria as a whole i believe that the country can be better than everybody's contribution and how can it be better with everybody's contribution by we sitting down to become intentional about what we want to do next, right? So there are a whole lot of issues ranging from insecurity. There are a whole lot of issues ranging from poverty. Apart from poverty, we have other issues that we might not even be exposed to at this period of time that other persons are experiencing. Like we have the northern part of the country now. A whole lot of things are happening there, from kidnapping to rapists to, you know, murdering cases and all that so a whole lot of things is just happening in the country that if we really want to um, tackle this problem we are not going to start from government because a system is already placed down right like there is a system in the country right and it is not really favorable to women in 
as much as I would really want to advocate for women being a leader and then we be able to measure the differences that could be um, achieved from that particular um, scenario. And the system is not really, just like I said, not really conducive for the women at that now presently. So if you are talking about making Nigeria come to then we'll be talking about how we ourselves can contribute individually, how we ourselves can become intentional to ensure that the coming election shouldn't just be on the basis of buying or votes and all that. We can do it. Definitely we can do it. Because looking at past history, we have a whole lot of download um, buses being snatched. We have a whole lot of um, elections being rigged. And nobody is even held accountable for it. So this is a time whereby we can restructure our system. This is a time whereby we can restructure the whole economical issues and all that and then be able to subject it to proper analysis of what could be done to make these things better. What do you think can be done looking at the country the way it currently stands today? It tends, because you did mention the fact that, um, yeah, that something can be done about it, right? Okay, what can be done about it right now? Yeah, yeah. I think what can be done about it right now, looking at the economy, is getting a very good leader. Like a leader that is more concerned about the people, a leader that is not just only about going into politics and then just looking at one particular aspect of the country, right? Just like I said, we have different issues. And until you start to see this particular issue, you might really not be able to uh, analyze it and then provide a particular solution that is supposed to work subjected to this problem so we have we need somebody that would be i won't say vulnerable right because if you are vulnerable you are trying to get a new identity and in as much as you're trying to get a new identity there are other sort, sort of things that might come along the way but we need somebody that would be rational enough to be able to decompose all of this problem then sort out for external um, solution if you have to sort out for external solution if the case arises or if need be but we need somebody that will be willing to, you know, take people's perspective into play and then be able to make rational decisions based on what is supposed to be done. So a good leader is somebody that I will say we need. So when you say rational, a leader who should be rational and maybe looking for external uh, solution to the problem, what yeah. do you mean? Okay, when I mean, what, what, we mean, what I mean about being rational is the fact that you should be able to decipher what is wrong and what is right. Now, I'm not talking about morally what is wrong and what is right, because there are some sort of things that will be universally accepted as being right, that might actually not be accepted as being right in other societies. So I'm talking about a leader who is rational in the sense that a leader will be able to analyze like analyze problems and then be able to provide solutions to them. That's just basically what's being rational. Help us understand what is interesting to you about philosophy. Then we'll be moving to the second session of the of the episode where you are where we'll be talking about your your work as a social media manager. Okay. What I really enjoyed about philosophy, just like I said, is the fact that philosophy make me dive into the critical aspects of society. Like, philosophy make me become intentional about a whole lot of things because if you're into philosophy, you understand that you're not just talking about the surface, right? You want to go deep into roots matters, then be able to analyze what is wrong with a particular course and then how you can make it better. 
So what is really, 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 I would say is exciting philosophy to me is the fact that philosophy has opened my mind critically to see that regardless of what is happening, there is always a way for you to make it better. Let's look at um, the other part uh, of things that you do, you know, which is uh, social media management. And you also do content writing, is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay, so I want you to spend some time explaining that part because some people might like to collaborate with you, so they want to know how you do that, what you do actually. Before I started off with uh, social media management and content creation, I was actually known as a poet because I happen to just do poetry out of fun, majorly to just for therapeutic reasons, right? And then just be able to pass my messages out there. To those that are around me. So I use real life experiences, what I've gone through, and then just pick up messages to pass up to people with poetry. But then I discovered that poetry is not really something that I would really want to major into, since it is the fact that I was doing poetry just to, you know, get my hands and all that. So I started copywriting and social media management during the lockdown period. That was after my scholarship ended with the foundation I work with. So Starting out with my career, I passed through a whole lot of problems because I really do not know what to measure into. Then I was having a conflict with social media management and then copywriting. I don't know which one to major into. I don't know which one fits my strengths, which one fits my personality and all that. So I was just trying to figure a whole lot of things out with social media management and then copywriting. But eventually I discovered that both are things that I can work with. So I started first with social media management before copywriting. So I used my own personal page for social media management to try, after I took a course with social media management, just try some practicals with my personal page. After then, I volunteered for some organization and then I was helping them manage their social media handles. And then I discovered that it was going really, really well. I was able to even develop, develop social media strategies I was able to come up with good content to be able to promote their brand. I was able to also provide them with content strategy. That is, if a particular content is not doing well, I was able to provide them with good content strategy in order to, for us to be able to rechannel our activities and then marketing uh, information to the right audience. So I discovered that social media management is a way for me, and that was how I started it uh, as a career. So using um, copywriting as another instance, after social media management, I discovered that I'm good with anything like selling with words. And after a while, I, I discovered that a whole lot of things usually talk about copywriting, of marketing, um, um, gigs that you can land and then, you know, make a whole lot of money out of it. But that was actually not what I figured out. I discovered that for me to be able to do anything well, I have to be intentional about it. Not for the fact that I just want to make money off it, right? I want to make sure that anything I'm doing is worthwhile. Then I'll be able to, you know, just like I said, contribute to a particular person with that particular thing. So I started with football. Yes, I like football very well. I, it was crazy because I now use um, football. I analyze football. I then started making some prescriptions on football, how football can, how you can merge football or being a footballer, how you can use that experience and that skills to pass examination in the school. 
So I was doing something. The topic was on football, um, real life application of football to education. I think I still have um, some places that I jotted down. So I did an analysis of real life football to education, like how you can be a footballer and the skills that you've acquired um, um, within your, your teammates, how you can use that same skill to do education, be able to pass education and all that. And that's because I noticed something that as a sports person and being a sports woman, there is something that is crucial with sportsmanship. And that's the fact that you are going to develop resilience. Like you're going to be resilient. You're going to be able to work with a team. And be able to the that's for the team of their team. I discovered that this same thing can be channeled to education. Like if, for instance, you're having series of education with low grades and then you not be able to, being able to catch up education. If you now channel this same skills that you gather a sports person to education, then you become intentional about what you want to achieve. That course, then you're able to achieve it. So I, I got a whole lot of um, reactions from that um, project that I carried out. And I was able to even do it. I was able to practicalize it with my friends. I started um, indoor and outdoor sports. And along the line, I took them theories, theoretical aspects, and they now did aspects. And it went well. That was how I started copywriting. So I majored in product description. Who can work with you? What kind of company can work with you within your social media management um, experience? Okay, um, I've worked with, um, currently I work with a technology company and they majored in software testing. So I've been able to gather a whole lot of experience, although at first I was scared because it's something that it was neutral to me. Like I've not done anything on technology. Even my write-up, most of them were not on technology. Most of them were on home appliances, like talking about television sets, talking about um, water dispensation um, machine, talking about fan, talking about all those home appliances. Those were the things. I was working with a, with a marketing brand before, and those were the things I was writing on. So when I got the offer to join a technology company, that was earlier, that was January, I was scared, like I was scared because I thought I might feel woefully. But after my three months, I even learned a whole lot of things. I gathered new experiences, met with a different, uh, a different team who is ready to accept me for who I was. And then they, they gave me some things that really helped me. I got resources, I got materials and experiences that were worthwhile. So it has been a whole lot of work because I had to stay up late at night to make research to further gather some experiences that can make my own work better because I can't just keep wanting them to give me resources right after for myself as well. So I've worked with a marketing brand, I've worked with a technology brand, I've also worked in a school as a copywriter, yes. I was teaching, but then I'm still doing other stuff as a copywriter for school. And that's projecting the school on social media. That's why I said social media management and then copywriting is something that I've really found passion because I, I believe that I can do both of them together without one sacrificing for the other. So I was able to work in that particular school. So I was able to incorporate social media management and then copywriting to the school. And there was a very great result that was now a company uh, reached out to you and they want you to be their social media management uh, manager. Tell me, how would, what would you do? How would you approach their business? Okay, 
as a social media manager, right, we have a whole lot of things that we do as a social media management. And it is not only about posting on socials. Like a whole lot of newbies believe that social media management is just about you making content and then posting on that particular social media. So social media management has to do with a whole lot of skills like creativity and then you having a very strong presentation. So you must be able to channel um, messages to the right audience. You must be able to make research. Like a good social media manager is a good researcher. And the reason why I find social media management was the fact that I know how to carry out research. I know the right resources like and then be able to get the right materials to, to compose uh, and then find solutions to them. So as a social media manager, you're not just all about creating content for you to post and then pass message about the brand. You have to be conscious of engagement. You have to be conscious of aesthetics of the page. You have to be conscious of who the customers are, what the customers want, where they are, how you can get your message to that, those particular customers. Because social media, social media itself is large, not social media management. Social media is large. And for you to be able to get the right crowd or the right audience that is for you, you have to be able to you know, carry out a whole lot of research to get those particular persons. So it starts with knowing what your product is all about and then how you can now remodify your product into benefits and then be able to supply to those that need those benefits. So you're not talking about the brand only or you're not talking about the product only. You're talking about what is in it for the customer. So as a social media manager, I would say that what you have to do first is to put yourself into the shoes of the customer. Be able to figure out what the customer will feel if they see your product. So that way you'll be able to get messages, the right message to the right And then you'll be able to do your work effectively. All right. Work effectively. And uh, how do you make money from it as a social media manager? Okay. Um, before I started working with the present company I'm working with. I work as a social media marketing firm. And it was not really going on because I started as an intern, because I started social media management two years ago. And I was scared, just like I always said, I'm always scared to try out new people. After a while, I try, I, I learned to do them afraid because I believe that if you're being scared and then you limit yourself, you limit your mind to being scared you might not really be able to discover where your real strength lies, right? So I just take myself off being scared and then gave into it. So I signed a contract with the marketing firm that's two years ago and I started as an intern. I told them that if I can be able to achieve some particular objectives that the company set for me, then we have to you know, sign a contract of this particular amount. But along the line, I think they played on me, they played on my intelligence because they saw that I was still new to it. So after I achieved all of those milestones for the company, I, I wasn't really getting what I was supposed to be getting. So I had to call it off from there. So I continued with copywriting, um, freelancing as a copywriter until I now come back as a social media manager with the company I work with now. So I get good amount of money from even though that's not really what I wanted to do, but then I believe that you have to start from a point till you get to other points that you want to get to. All right, that's good. That's good. That's very interesting. 
Now, um, what are the strategy that you want to recommend for some, some other persons who want to also do this one? Because you are a, a student at the University of, uh, of Lagos, but you are already in business. This is something that is very important, no? Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you are successful in it, you will see that uh, by the time you finish university, you don't need to look for any job, which it's is something that has been a problem all across the country, no? That people finish university, they are looking, who is going to give me a job? Who is going to give me a job? The economy has changed. Things has changed. Now, you need to look for a way to find a job for yourself. Maybe yes. if, you, if, you, if you manage to get this before you even enter university, you will go to study that which you're already doing. So it becomes even much easier for you now. So help me with that. What kind of strategy would you recommend for people on how to succeed as social media manager? All right, um, the strategy that I can recommend, especially for newbie social media manager, is know what you want. See, you have to be in the online market generally and on the social media space, you have to be intentional. Once you are intentional, you'll be able to figure out what you want to do, and then you'll be able to decline things that are not really aligning to what you want to do, right? So first strategy first is being intentional. Once you are intentional, then you want to draw out your plan to be able to know what next you're supposed to do. So being intentional has been able to help me cut through the noise, especially on social media management, um, social media space. I don't know why I'm trying to picture social media space and social media management. I think because I like social media management a lot, right? So We can feel it. <laughs> yeah. So being intentional, that's the first strategy. In fact, that's the most important strategy that you need to try in any businesses. Forget the fact that social media manager, right? Even if you're not a social media manager, if you're an affiliate marketer, if you are a photographer, you have to be intentional. So once you're intentional, you'll be able to know what you're supposed to do at a particular point and then what you're supposed to do at another point in time. Yes, so that's one strategy that has helped me. Now, you might also want to ask that how was I able to um, bring education together with my career, right? So uh, I'm this kind of person that I multitask a lot. Uh, it has really helped me set boundaries for myself. I don't take too much like I do, right? You don't, you don't have to play yourself with a whole lot of things. Just do it one step at a time. And then if you know that you're a person that you cannot handle two things at a point in time, just do one thing that you can handle and then get results with it. I believe that I'm this kind of person that I can do maximum of three things together without sacrificing one result for the other. So that was why I was able to you know, combine school with work. I believe that with being intentional, I will be able to know what is I was supposed to do with education at that particular point in time. And then what I can do, you know, it's not every time you'll be in class, right? It's not every time you'll be learning. It's not every time you're expected to submit assignments or submit projects or even do same presentation. So I try as much as possible to have a detailed plan. I call it smart plan. Being like being smart, I refer to it as being specific, being measurable, being articulated, being realistic, and then I attach a time to it. So having a smart plan has really helped me because I know that if to some point in time I'm supposed to appear in class and then be able to present within a team, I'll be able to know what particular time I'm supposed to do that without even having to sacrifice other things like uh, if I'm working with a social media manager with a particular brand, without having to sacrifice that because I would have structured my particular time 
to fit into what I'm supposed to do at that point in time. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So it, it, it made a lot of sense. A great plan is really going to help you maximize your time. Then know how to plan your time wisely. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. It made a lot of sense. Now, what about the learning process, the learning curve? Because some of these things, you don't start it and you just know everything from the get-go. So yeah. help me understand that. Tell me, how did you learn what you are doing today? I was trying to figure a whole lot of things out. So I did a personal development first on myself. And that's to discover where my strength lies and then where my weaknesses lies. So I try as much as possible to put a boundary to where my strength lies and to where my weakness lies. There are some weaknesses that you can obviously work on. So those weaknesses, I try as much as possible to build on them and then work better on them to be able to maximize those weaknesses, right? But if there is a particular weakness that I know that I won't be able to work on, I'll just leave it like that and then focus on the one that I can work on. So that really has helped me over the time. It has not been easy because I have to stand up later at night, do other stuff, and then make research to better myself for then. With personal development, you'll be able to discover a whole lot about yourself. You'll be able to know what you're supposed to do and then what you're not supposed to do based on what you like and then what you dislike. All right. Thank you so much for that. Now, uh, how can people get to know you better? I want you to use these few seconds to promote yourself. All right. Just like I said, if you're just coming, my name blessing i'm a 300 level philosophy student at the prestigious university of lagos i'm also the vice or chairperson of morally all apart from that i'm passionate about inspiring undergraduates to be the best at what they do by helping them maximize social media platform of recent i was able to organize a one-week training section with my team back then in the hostel for residents in the hostel and then we got some help from friends who were you know specialists in their particular field of work and then we get them to inculcate in those people skills, practical skills that they can use to get money for themselves. And this was because I noticed that as a student, we can't just keep on shouting on ASU and then be relaxed about ASU and then not doing anything about your life. You have to know what to do next, right? So in that light, I was able to gather these people together. They were able to impart insights. And presently, I even have so many testimonies coming in presently about those like one third of them already have started online. They brought themselves online because everybody has a story to, sell, to tell and they have a story to say. So uh, a whole lot of times we used to believe that nobody is serious with us. But the fact is that you are not saying anything about yourself. So you might really not see somebody that is serious in you if you are not saying anything about yourself. I remember when I took this same idea to LinkedIn, I got somebody that sponsored three top students. Although we've not really done that, but then the person is still active up or up till now and then immediately i just signal to the person is going to do it and that's just to tell you the fact that your story can inspire anybody in as much as you can share it to the right people or you can be on the right system or the right platform to share your story so don't be scared of sharing your story don't be scared of telling people what you want to do because the person that might help you will just be you know, watching at you and then they want you to say it out so that they can do it so career-wise, I'm a social media manager, I'm a copywriter, and then I'm a content creator. Majorly, I, I create copy in order for you to be able to you know, get your brand messages out to the right person and then provide solutions and then give benefits to the particular audience that you're supposed to give benefits. So what I do majorly as a copywriter is to help you generate copy that can inspire action from your audience. So 
That's perfect. That's lovely. That's lovely. All right. Now, what would be your final statement to conclude the conversation? Okay, uh, my final statement is first, first, I want to thank you, Sir Obi, for this opportunity. Like, I really did not know that I would enjoy this section as much as possible as I did. And if there is one thing I would love to tell anybody, it is the fact that you are the change that you want. See, you don't have to wait for any change to happen. Next. You have to stand up and then put your thinking cap on to be able to decipher what you want to do next. Don't give, keep on blaming system. Don't keep on blaming anybody. Don't keep on blaming your background. In as much as you're waking up every day, it means that you have every first opportunity to do what you want to do. And with the special grace of God, you're going to even go beyond what you imagine for yourself. So that has been one thing that always keeps me going. In as much as I'm waking up every day, opportunity does not come once, right? Opportunity comes every day to anybody that can grab the opportunity. So one way you can grab opportunity is to go out of your comfort zone. For the past for the past five years, I want to say for the last five years, but let me say for the past five years, a whole lot of things have changed about me that me myself I can record and I can tell to people. And that's because I come out of my comfort zone. You can't expect opportunities to come and meet you if you're not ready or willing to take those opportunities. So if you want to catch opportunities, I'll tell you you have to step out of your comfort zone because those are where you're going to see experiences you're going to acquire experiences you'll be able to even tell people and then relate your story to people that will be willing to you know hear them and then do what they're supposed to do for you thank you so much for that if you enjoy this podcast make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes rate and review overhead podcast and share with your friends who might need it i remain overhead a one for Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.